0: Wessex LMCS supporting you and your practice. Welcome everybody um, to another one of our Practice Manager updates. It's lovely to see you all and those of you who are joining us live now and also those of you who are listening or watching on the recording that will be um, coming out later. So very pleased that um, Lisa and Michelle are Directors of Primary Care and me. We're joined by um, Laura Edwards, who is our um, CEO and GP in Hampshire, and Joanna Welsh, who's our Comms Officer here at Westing Sussex As ever, please do ask questions as we go, whether they relate to the topic we're talking about or anything else that springs into your mind. We're very happy to take questions during the session. And at the end, we can always finish off and um, ask any other questions. And if we don't know the answers, we will come back to you and we're very happy to do that as well. Um, and use a Q&A box for that. That's the easiest way of us managing that, if that'd be okay. So as I say, all of this is recorded and will be published on our website later. So we're gonna start off with Joe. Um, Joe's worked with us for a number of years now and works really well with our social media and has really brought us into a new world, um, a really interesting world and um, that some of us are more familiar with than others um, on Instagram and rather our websites and Facebook and, and, and everything else. And, Some practices have asked us for some help in this area. Now, some of you will be thinking, ha, I've got it sus, I'll sit back and relax, it will all be fine. Great, please do that. Some of you will hopefully learn a little bit from Jo. But if you do know it and actually find it quite straightforward, you might actually want to use a little bit of a training video. And Jo has produced some amazing resources for you all to use that. So you might want to delegate this sort of work to somebody else within your team. So thanks, Jo. I'm going to hand over to you now.
1: Thank you, Louise. Hi everyone, good to see you. I will just share my screen. Good. Okay. Um, so you may recall I joined you back in December um, to show you some of the resources which you can share with your patients on our website. Um, just to recap, if you go on to the comms section on our website, um, you'll see two boxes. They're communicating with your patient's resources box and a key patient and media messages box. If you haven't looked at these before, we do encourage you to take a look. Um, We're really working on expanding this and adding new resources relevant for you all the time. And um, we've had some uh, feedback from you since that a lot of you would like to know how you can actually share some of these via your own channels, either via your social media pages or via your website. Um, So I have now produced um, some videos to show you how you can do this and they're all uploaded just here on the website for you. Um, So do go in there and take a look. I've created four videos for you um, which incorporate how to share both visuals and filmed interviews. Um, I'm just going to play a couple of examples for you now. They are very short um, as Louise says, a lot of you may already do this or be very familiar with how you can do this anyway. Um, but if you're not, hopefully you'll benefit from this and, uh, and possibly share with colleagues. So I will just um, play the first one for you now. And this focuses on how you can share um, posters, sort of visual aids. So I'll play this. Um, hopefully you can all hear and see. Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice. Hello, my name is Joanna Welsh and I'm Communications Officer here at Wessex LMC's. I'm just going to show you how you can quickly and easily share some messages with your patients via your social media channels. Firstly, navigate to the Wessex LMC's website and then click on the blue comms tab. You'll be presented with a box called communicating with your patients. Click into the box and you'll find a list of resources on various topics. Select the resource you'd like to share by clicking onto the image. This will open the image for you and you'll be able to download using the button in the top left corner. Once you've downloaded your image, open up your social media page. For Twitter, create a new tweet and simply drag and drop the image across. Enter your text as normal and tweet. For Facebook and Instagram, Again, open up a new post, click add photo, upload your photo and this will pull across into your post. Again you can then enter your text as normal and then click publish.
0: Wessex LMC's supporting you and your practice.
1: Hopefully that gives you an idea of how quick and easy it can be uh, to share some of those resources. And you may recall, you may have seen um, earlier in this year, our joint CEOs, Andy and Laura, took part in some local TV news interviews. Um, They were really well received. And I know a lot of you shared our posts um, and liked our our posts on social media. So thank you. And I'm just going to show you one more film which can um, demonstrate how you can utilise these resources yourself. So I'll just play this one for you now. Wessex LMC's
0: supporting you and your practice
1: Hello my name's Joanna Welsh I'm communications officer here at Wessex LMC's and I'm going to show you how you can share recorded TV interviews via your social media pages firstly navigate to the Wessex LMC's website scroll down under the header latest news where you'll see a link to Wessex LMC's in the media click on the link and you'll see we've downloaded all our recently recorded TV interviews. Select the interview which you'd like to share, click on the share button in the right hand corner and click on copy link. Next, navigate to your social media page. I'll start with Twitter, create your new tweet and simply paste in the link. You'll then be able to write your caption as normal or we have examples which you can utilise. To find these, return to the Wessex LMC's website and above the video which you are sharing, you'll see a blue hyperlink. Click on the link and you'll find example captions which you can use on your posts. Highlight the link, copy and paste into your post. Follow the same process to post on Facebook and Instagram. Again, click on share copy the link create a new post and paste in the link return to the website to pick up your caption select the blue hyperlink above the video select the caption copy and paste into your post wessex lmc's
0: supporting you and your practice
1: so I hope those uh, guides are, are, useful, are useful for you. Um, I know how stretched you all are and to be able to see the process will hopefully encourage you to have a go at pushing out some of these key messages. Um, for those who are already doing it, fabulous. Thank you so much. And for those who aren't, perhaps you might want to give it a go and see how you find it. And I'll put my email address into the chat now. So if you'd like any support or you'd like to discuss anything with me, you're very welcome to get in touch. So thank you for your time. Joe, that was so interesting. Thank you. And those little <clears throat> films
0: are going to be so useful because you can play them as many times as you like. Um, they're obviously accessible via our website. Um, and the people can and it's really clear step by step. Um, so as a live example, Laura's going to do an interview and Andy's going to do an interview next Tuesday. So you'll be grabbing that as a recorded radio interview will you and be putting yes. it on our page Yes. And then you'll be tweeting that and you'll be putting that so again West six in the news that that sort of column on the left hand side of our website that you showed on our front page it'll be
1: there it will yes so please do take a listen that's where you can find it if you miss the live uh, broadcast and yeah if you can utilize those in any way to convey messages please do we really encourage you
0: Fantastic thank you Jo that has been really thank very you. very useful um, and as, as Jo said she's around and she'll pop her um, email in the in the, um, in the chat box so if you want to contact her do um, but that you made it all look very straightforward Jo so thank yeah. you that has been this a lot of sort of the mystery of it has, has been so demystified great thank you so much. Okay Laura I think we're going to come to you now I think um, if it's okay if you'd just like to take us through and um, the new medical examiner Um, role and how um, that is going to affect general practice and when it's coming in that would be really helpful thank you
2: Absolutely. I'm just going to follow on slightly. Take the opportunity of uh, from Joe's thing there. We'd love you to amplify the message. Um, you know, we've got these opportunities, and actually, you and you're you're trusted by your patients. I know it doesn't always feel like that. It can sometimes feel, again, particularly in your roles as practice managers, that you're getting battered by the patients sometimes. But the vast majority, they do still trust um, their practices, and you get massive footfall and visibility. So um, you take our messages which are GP friendly by GP I mean general practice friendly there and amplifying those out we have the opportunity to um to be counteracting some of those messages that we've historically seen in the media that have kind of got us where we've gotten to. Interestingly, I was reading an article though the other day that suggests that actually, and I think people are saying the tide does feel like it's sort of turning in terms of public attitude. And at the moment, um, it was saying that only 8% of the population now approve of the way that the government is handling the NHS. And again, the, the huge percentage of the population felt it was not getting the funding, and they were very supportive of the staff. So I think, Think we need to keep speaking into that because we've got the truth on our side haven't we that there just simply isn't enough workforce for the need so I'm afraid that wasn't answering the medical examiner question but I uh, thought but I would
0: just it's very, very <laughs> important to say Laura so yeah thank you for- yeah that's brilliant thank you
2: So um, moving to medical examiners, so um, I am, and as another role I do in the week, I am a medical examiner, so I should sort of state that at the beginning, Um, but um, this is more generally to sort of introduce the um, awareness of the medical examiners. I think it's been out there for a bit, but we sort of had little waves of awareness of it, Um, and this is just in case this hasn't hit your radar, because I think sort of information around it and information sharing around it has probably been a little bit patchy, so we wanted to bring it to your attention. Um, it has been around. And it's, it's the uh, rapid implementation, uh, I say with a slight smile, of the uh, ha- some recommendations that came from Harold Shipman and the disaster around Harold Shipman. So it's taken 20 years to bring this in, but um, it is now coming in and it's getting closer than ever to actually happening in that uh, medical examiner um, services are now established everywhere. It's just the pace of change that um, is sort of left and it is coming in as a statutory thing um the date for it be- becoming statutory is april 2023 now um whether it will everything will be in place by then or not um the medical examiner's services are under pressure to um to n- get as much uh set up and ready for that target date as possible so what is the service and what is it there to do well as I said it originates from Harold Shipman and the idea is that um, these are independent people who are scrutinizing all deaths and looking at every single death that happens be that in the hospital the community or the community Um, and they are there to agree um, the cause of death for the death certificate and check the accuracy of it they're there to um, either themselves or through Um, uh, medical examiner officers, Um, they are there to discuss any concerns uh, that might be there from the families. Um, They are there to provide a medical resource for the coroner because the coroner of course is not uh, usually medical, they historically they were but now the vast majority of them are not medical at all and have no medical training Um, and they are there to contribute um, around clinical governance as well. So as I said, they're due to come in and the the target date is that it's supposed to become statutory in April 2023. Again, Becoming statutory uh, doesn't necessarily mean things are going to happen. Again, I would look to you as an audience, but it feels like the statutory guidance that is out there—that all deaths must be registered within five days with the registrar—does not feel like it is actually happening. So, again, despite things being statutory, this may not actually sort of come into full force. But that there will be some pressure around it. They are hosted by hospitals, but they are independent services within those hospitals. They are truly independent. There are GDPR permissions for you to share the data um, in pursuit of this. Um, And um, we as an LMC are working alongside them to implement uh, this in a a general practice friendly way. Um, And I would say that they are all at very different stages of rollout um, and uh, penetration into the community. Um, So I think most of them are now doing all the hospital deaths. Um, Dorset, for example, I think are now doing the majority of GP deaths, but Hampshire, I think it's very much more a mixed picture. And I think that's the same in BSW as well. So um, it was just to raise awareness because they're taking different approaches. So the ideal approach is that they have access into the GP records and therefore it's very simple transaction that the doctor would simply write, I propose that this is the cause of death and they would just write out what they're going to write on the death certificate. So very little change from what they would already do and put in the records it would the me would then be alerted again via something really simple like a task saying this patient um and then they would access the records they would do the scrutiny and they would simply say yes that's absolutely fine done um however some areas uh, including hampshire have not sorted out um uh, access into the records and therefore they're doing workarounds which involve um the practices sending the information in which obviously may uh, hit your admin teams and there needs to be a process in the practice for that happening um, and so that's why we wanted to bring it to your attention is that this is an extra step in the process and it may involve your admin teams so you may want to 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 be aware of that so that you can design an efficient process within the practice um, of this extra step coming in and something needing to come back before the death certificate can be released to the family. So that's all I wanted to say at this point. Happy to take any questions on that.
0: Thank you, Laura. And as we are aware um, of this affecting the whole practice, we thought we'd just write a very short lunch and learn on it for you. So those of you who are not familiar with our lunch and learn packages, it's literally a PowerPoint script. A PowerPoint set of slides and a script. And the practice manager or another um, team leader within the team can take a group at lunchtime or whenever you like through what's going to be happening. So we can do this in a generic way, just to introduce the idea and then give you the contacts of your local medical examination examination area. As I say, they're all very different, they're all been done in different ways, but um April isn't too far away. So we just wanted to make sure that we gave you the heads up. You can give the heads up to your teams. And then when you're ready to go, you've got a little bit of a chance of getting this up and running um, for your practice.
2: And we're hoping this is a good news story. If it's done in the right way, with very little burden placed on GP practices, this could be a good news story. Because historically, there's been a divide of you've got doctors on one side, healthcare professionals over here who know a lot about medicine, but not a lot about death certification and regulatory processes. And on this side, you've got the registrar and the coroner who know loads about um, death certification and regulatory processes, but they don't really know much medicine. And um, traditionally, they would there might be some to and froing of this side would reject uh, the death certificate and say this isn't okay. But the doctor who's stuck over here says, "But I—I I, I don't know what I'm. What, what do you want me to write? What can I write?" And they'd say, "But you're the doctor, so you need to know what to write." And there was nowhere to go with that medical expertise that understood both sides. And the medical examiners will and do have that expertise, and so we'll be able to provide guidance around that so that you don't hit those obstacles um, and and GPs won't get stuck in that kind of painful limbo. Um, So we're we're hoping it will
0: be a supportive service. Great. OK, thank you, Laura. And I say we'll um, write a short lunch and learn for it, but we will give you more information as and when we are aware of it. Um, I think we're going to go on to you, Michelle, now, if that's all right, and talk a little bit about the strike um, that is up and coming. Thank you.
3: Thanks, Louise, and I think we've had a question in the Q&A around it, so hopefully some of this information might help with that. So, as Louise says, I'm going to talk a bit about the junior doctor strike and to highlight that this may affect uh, practices as you have GP trainees who are able to participate if they are members of the BMA. So, the strike action is going to be for a 72-hour walkout, and it will require junior doctors slash GP trainees to stop all work, including extended and out of hours. So just to be really clear of when this affects, so junior doctors are being instructed not to begin any shift that is due to start after so 0659 hours on Monday, the 13th of March, or before 0659 hours on Thursday, the 16th of March, 2023. I just wanted to reiterate that actually it affects GP trainees who are BMA members. Therefore, you may want to uh, check in with your GP trainees to see if they are members, as it may give you some indication of the impact it may have for your practice. So probably just need to also highlight that GP trainees may choose to become members before the scheduled strike action. So before the 13th of March. And if they choose to do that, they're therefore able to also participate within this. I think we wanted to mention that actually you're unable to ask your GP trainees if they intend to be involved in the strike action, as this could potentially influence the action that they take. However, we would therefore, as a consequence of that, would suggest practice block sessions on these days to book on the day slots where GP trainees are due to work. I thought it was useful just to share some interesting stats that we've um, been made aware of that GP trainees now make up to 25 percent of the full time equivalent GP workforce of England. So what's going to be critical is how uh, communication with patients around the reduction in appointments availability for patients on those days of industrial action, are going to be important. And we would suggest you may want to consider messages via your telephone system or on your websites. And I believe we do have some suggested wording around this that we can share with practices. So it's really just to highlight that this potentially will affect practices um, for GP trainees who are BMA members for uh, the, uh, the walkout on the 13th to the 16th of March.
0: Thank you, Michelle. And I think, Laura, you were saying a little bit earlier about the information if um, about. Who was employing the GP trainees? And if they were going to be asked by the employer whether they have um striked or striked, say strike. they have been on strike or not. Um, Laura, do you want to just share that?
2: Um yes, yeah, so I was thinking in terms of if you go on strike, then you don't get paid. Um, but I know that now most GP trainees are employed under a single lead employer model. So you've kind of you're you're at distance there. Um, but uh, if if you were asked then i think you would release that data to the employer um but uh, we were suggesting i don't think it's your duty to tell um in that scenario
0: there's just been an interesting question in laura and i'm not sure whether we know the answer to this um one of the practice managers i've had a letter from the bma to say none of our employed staff are affected by the strike but assume that's because they are employed by the hospital but that seems a little bit misleading
2: Yeah, so we'll have to take that back and clarify that because I think our impression is that GP trainees would still be eligible to strike under this because they are a junior doctor. Um, So, um, yeah, I'm not quite sure whether they are thinking about nurses um, and whether it's that. I don't know, Jenny, because um, but I'm not sure. I don't know is the answer to that. Maybe share that communication with us would be the most helpful thing, in yes. fact, and then we
0: can um, we can check that out. Yes, you could share the letter, Jenny, that mm. would be helpful. Email that in, that would be great. And I, I would imagine over the next few days and, and the next couple of weeks, we will have, if we have any more information, we will certainly share it and make it um, um, obvious to you on our website where it is. Just had another um, um, noted on the Q&A, we've received a letter from the BMA which shows we have one person who will strike. Interesting so um yeah this is this is sort of a new territory for lots of us isn't it so we're learning as we go we will share as much information as we have We've got news that are coming out and soon obviously we'll put anything in that and anything else links or in interesting or informative information with this podcast when we publish it on our website um, thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Laura. That's really useful. Um, Lisa, we've got some sort of hot news that we've just just recently, in the last half an hour, sort of been working on, haven't we? So, I think you want to share something about
4: PGDs. Yes. Thanks, Louise. And just briefly, um, we're aware that the uh, PGDs for men B and um, men ACWY expired yesterday. Um, the south east regional team issued them yesterday they become valid from the 28th of february Uh, what we don't think is that we can't see that the southwest team has um, issued theirs on their website yet so we have just emailed that team to double check what's happening because obviously that's an issue for practices in terms of signing off and implementing those pgds and in an indemnity issue if they're not working to the current pgds so we're just following that up for you uh, so that was just to make people aware if they haven't already spotted it. So, what should people do now, Lisa, when they sort of come off the call? Is, what, what so, I think things? I think for the southeast uh, practices in the southeast region, they can go onto the website, which I can put the link in to the chat uh, in a moment. I'll also put southwest region team link in in the chat, but we're actually following it up with them, so hopefully they'll be issued. ASAP so um, they just need to be aware I think if they have to if they don't issue them or, and the practice hasn't implemented them then they need to hang fire on those vaccinations until they're in place.
0: Right okay so that's sort
4: of immediate action needed
0: um, after this um, after this webinar to check yeah. that and just to qualify because these things change often southeast we're talking about Hampshire and white southwest we're talking about Dorset and BSW.
4: That's right yeah.
0: Okay, that's fine. Um, okay, so that's just sort of a, a heads up for everybody and the nursing teams, just to sort of look at that now. Um, so um, we've had a Dorset practice, um, Alex to come in, I've had a Southwest one Men ACWY, came on the 22nd of February. Okay, so I just think it's yeah. What we're saying is really a heads up. Look at it um, in the next couple of minutes, and then just take action where you need to. And we'll put the links. Where where will the helpful links be, um, Lisa? We will, will they be on our website if people need them? They are
4: on a website, yes. And I'll I'll put I'll put them on the chat now. Fantastic.
0: Okay, that's really helpful. So I think that's the end of the. Oh, oh thank you, Alex. She's put some um, lovely. She's um, put um, a link in the chat for. Um, for everybody to have a look in the Q&A box. So you can have a look at that for the PGDs for the Southwest, so that's really helpful. Um, but that's the joy of doing a, a format like this, isn't it? Where it's live, so if something comes in in the last half an hour and we can just suddenly sort of chat it through with you and give you the heads up and hopefully give you a few answers. Thank you very much, particularly to Laura joining us and to Joe joining us, and always to Lisa and Michelle. Um, it's been another good session. Thank you for joining us, and um, those of you who are, as um, I say, recorded or on the on the, on the site now. Um, Michelle's just saying that there is, yeah, we're yet to find out about the websites and the PGDs. looks like there is more updating to do um, from some of the teams, but we will carry on working on that, and we will see you again very soon. So thank you all, everybody. Bye-bye.